Welcome to Danny Houlihan's Irish Experience Podcast. Join Danny on a journey through the historical island of Ireland, its people and the wild Atlantic way, which is Ireland's last frontier. Experience the music and the culture that makes up the longest coastal driving route in the world. Now, please welcome your host, Danny Houlihan. Couldn't fall to Greece near Atlantic Ian. Welcome once more to my show here on the Wild Atlantic Way, North Kerry Island. I hope you're all keeping well and safe. In this episode, I will take a journey along the Wild Atlantic Way coastline to a famous island in North Kerry. An island where once the chants of early monasticism echoed and where the friars prayed and lived within the safety of their Shannonside Island. Now their chants are silent for centuries shrouded within the ruins of an old stony abbey and its large structures can still be seen from the air. This is a special place in North Kerry Island, Carrig Island, Bally Longford. I will, during the course of this episode, try in some fashion to reconstruct a picture of the past lifeways of the settlement of the island of Carrig Island, Bally Longford, North Kerry. Leaving the car park, in front of the famous Carrigafoyle Castle by Longford, which was once the seat of the clan O'Connor Kerry. I travel west along the road, which leads to a bridge onto Carrig Island. Crossing the bridge, I can see the natural wetlands to my right and left, which opens in the distance to the Shannon Estuary. The sounds of wildlife are all around me. I can hear the curlew and the chirping of the waders, I pause for a minute and experience the rich surroundings and the natural landscapes that is Bally Longford North Kerry. I travel left along the edge of the Holy Island. What a peaceful place it is. One can imagine the early settlements in the area, fishing along the coastline of Carrig Island, with the coastline dotted with ancient weirs to trap salmon. Hunting red deer in the nearby woods for venison and the artisan stone toolmakers making their ancient stone axes along the grassy banks of Carrig Island. To my right in the distance is the ruins of the old abbey, built under the orders of the clan chieftain, a few fields away, shrouded in a few trees, steeped in the ancient history of the island and the voices of its friars. Left of the ruined abbey, is the site of the Friars' Well. Only water seeps from it today, a link to our proud history. In ancient times, the monks and friars collected water from this well to sustain the large settlement that at one stage inhabited the island of Carrig Island. As I round the bend, I move on to the island. The views of the Shannon Estuary are extensive. To my right, according to archaeologists, there was a folloctrophia for cooking deer. One can just imagine the smoke from the old open fires rising over the island and the smell of freshly cooked fish and venison. This site has disappeared beneath the soil, another part of our Irish heritage. A large high building stands out in front of me. It's the old battery, built during Napoleonic times, remnants of a military history of the famous island now long forgotten, only in the minds of locals and historians alike. 
I walked down onto the shoreline from the grassy island above and followed the rocky, stony coastline around the island beyond Bog Point. To my left in clear view is the island of Scatry, once monastic home to the famous St. Senon and his monks. A high, round tower breaks the clear coastline. What a view. I have covered St. Senon and the island in another episode, so when you get a chance, check it out. A stream of water meanders its way through the stony shoreline, making its way to the river from the grassy island to my right. The sound of water through the stony gravel is pure magic. I round the last bend before re-entering the island from the shoreline. The soft stones are all round me again. I can imagine the settlement of Carrig Island, collecting shellfish along the coastline in relative peace. The sounds of prayer from the small cells or oratories, now long since silent and forgotten. One can smell the burning timber fires, burning long into the Carrig Island nights, a part of our unique North Kerry heritage. Before I leave the shoreline, in the distance, I can just make out the stony shoreline at the end of the island. Here, a road was once constructed by the monks called St. Sinan's Road. But according to a story which was related to me, a woman on the day passed while the monks were building and blessed the work on the road. It was never finished due to a superstition. St. Sinan's Road is protected under the National Monuments Act. Stone axes have been found on the island, indicating the age of the place and its connections with the past Stone Age dwellers that lived along the coastline many thousands of years ago. In the year of 1477, John O'Connor Kerry, chieftain of his clan, decided to construct a friary on his lands to the west of Carrig, in an area called Hilon Bioga, for himself and his family and clan. This small abbey has a hidden history, which set into motion, according to historians, the building of other religious structures, such as Liz Lockton Friary or Abbey, in the area under the hand of the famous chieftain. Prior to the opening of any abbey on the island, the chieftain had to obtain permission from the Pope this permission, John O'Connor Kerry, chieftain of his clan, obtained. I have consulted a document from the Lateran Register from the papal mandate by Pope Sixtus IV on the 14th day of May in the year of 1477 in relation to the building on a site known as Hilan Bjaga in his territory for a house friars. This name is translated as the small island, another old name for Carrick. Quote, to the prior of Balanskelligs, in the diocese of Artfert, the archdeacon of Ahado, in the same diocese, and the dean of Artfert. Mandate as below, quote, the recent petition of John Iconacour, nobleman, lord of the places of Arakti Iconacour, in the diocese of Artfert, contain that he desires for the welfare of the souls of himself and his wife and their parents, to found in the place of Ilan Bjaga 
in his domain a house of Friars Minors, called the Friars Minors of the Regular Observance, and to furnish it with paraments, vessels and other ecclesiastical ornaments. The papal mandate continues, quote, At the said petition of the said John, who alleges that in his domain there is no house of the said or other order, the Pope hereby orders the above three. If the place in which the said John has begun to build seems to them to be fit, to grant him license to finish and build the said house with cloister, cemetery, dormitory, gardens, orchards, and also a church with bell tower and small bell, and to furnish the church with paraments, vessels, and other ecclesiastical ornaments, and license to the friars of the observance to receive and inhabit such house and church. Unquote. That was dated the 14th of May, St. Peter's, Rome, 1477. The friary now had its grant from the Pope. How long it operated there, it is not known. It has been related that one of the friars was not happy with its location. Thus a new building was constructed locally, in Lislockton, not far away. I have covered Lislockton in another episode, so when you get a chance, check it out. The possibility that the small abbey became so successful that a larger building was needed. This should be taken under consideration. I have, during the research for this episode, consulted the handwritten research of the late John O'Donovan historian, who wrote extensively on our Irish history and about the area, which mentions Carrig, when he visited the area in the 1800s. Quote, on Carrick Island, opposite the castle of Carrickafaila, are to be seen parts of the ruins of an abbey. The edifice consisted of nave and choir with a square tower over the choir tower arch. The nave was 50 feet in length and 17 feet 4 inches in breadth, and the choir 19 feet 4 inches in breadth, that is 2 feet broader than the nave." Unquote. O'Donovan goes on to describe the remains of the ruins that existed at that time in Carrig Island. Quote, the arches that support the tower are formed of thin flagstones of semicircular form and measures 15 feet in height and 8 feet 6 inches in width. But very insignificant parts of the ruins of the abbey remain. Unquote. The stone that was used for the abbey was quarried locally as the area has an abundance of raw material. Lastly, John O'Donovan described the walls of the old abbey. Quote, the north wall of the nave, six feet of the height of the west gable, 14 feet of the north wall of the choir, and six feet of its south only now remain. The east gable and the remaining parts of the other walls have totally disappeared. Unquote. Finally, he leaves Carrig by stating that the locals or natives had no name for the ruin but the old abbey. This brief history and quotations are very important to both historians and students and those who have a great interest in our history as a comparison with the past and the present condition of the ruin today. I have consulted the following Ordnance Survey map, sheet number two, and cites and monuments maps 
or SMR, of Carrig Island, all indicate many interesting features of the island, the old battery, and the many hidden features of the island, such as the old cooking places called Fulloch de Fia or Fulloch de Fian, named after the deer and possibly the Fianna, the ancient warriors of Ireland. These ancient cooking places were used at the beginning of ancient times, up to the historic period. Artefacts found in association with these ancient places are stone axes and burned stone, which one has been found on the island of Carrig. Fulloctophias were located near the brink of a river or marshy areas where water would seep in or be placed in the wooden trough. The process of cooking in one of these ancient pits was by bringing a wooden trough to boiling point. These troughs were constructed of timber or sometimes stone. A hot fire was lit near the trough where stones were placed in the fire. As the stones were heated, Stone by stone were dropped into the trough, bringing it to boiling point. Then a giant of venison wrapped in straw was deposited into the trough, which took a half an hour to cook. All that is left today are the horseshoe-shaped mounds and burned stone and the built-up heaps from these ancient structures, a part of our past. It should be noted that Fulloctophias have been found in counties such as Cork, Waterford, Kildare and other locations. This is just a taste of what lies beneath the old island of Carrick. I have consulted Google Earth, which highlights the hidden past lifeways of the old island. From the air, we can clearly see the crop mark of a large enclosure, which surrounds the old abbey and the fire's well. Outside this massive circular enclosure are numerous other marks on the land identifying yet more of the hidden past of Carrig. Further archaeological investigation should be carried out to ascertain its true historical value. A clear plan for research should be put into this special place, a plan of campaign to assess the site and its features, which, if done properly, will highlight his past lifeways of the famous island and its inhabitants and the early Christian past. Non-invasive methods can be employed today instead of sight stripping, such as remote sensing and spectrometry, as well as GIS systems. Carriage should be studied in relation to ethnoarchaeology, adding to this area's past cultural lifeways. Surrounding Carrig Island is an SAC region, special area of conservation, with its natural habitat for fish, wildlife. The waters that surround the island and St. Sinan's Road are of high archaeological value, as the estuary was once used in ancient times as a major shipping route. This area has protection under Section 12 of the 1994 National Monuments Act. Fishing was a daily practice for the settlement of Carrig Island and its coastal monastic settlements along the North Kerry coastline. The evidence of past early settlements can be found from time to time along the coastline near Carrig Island to Beal and upriver to Glen and Foynes. Evidence of the presence of hunter-gatherers, such as old weirs, constructed with timber poles, driven into the mud along the ancient shoreline to create fishing traps of different shapes, lengths and sizes, have been found by archaeologists over the years, which dates from many periods, from the shore-dweller to modern times, by our distant ancestors. 
the coastline of North Kerry has been left with the evidence of an ancient race of Mesolithic hunter-gatherers who fished along the shoreline of Carrig Island and the Shannon Estuary. Evidence of ancient settlement activity has been recorded along these shores. However, it is hard to find their locations due to erosion and land being flooded, with the exception of kitchen middens in the sandals of Ballier, Ballybonnen, which was left by these early settlers as a consequence of their nomadic transitory lifeways along the coastline estuaries of North Kerry. As I walked along the scenic coastline from Beale to Litter, along to Carrig Island, during the course of this research, what I found was indeed a few rotten remnants of poles piled into the mud. Evidence of those ancient weirs that were built way back in antiquity. Also remains of boggy patches, which indicates peat deposits. All indicates the presence of both human activity and former lifeways and former forests. Evidence of roots of trees can be seen from time to time when the tide goes out, thus indicating the area was at one point in time covered with a lush covering of native oak trees. All have been recorded by archaeologists over the years along the rugged coastline of North Kerry, as far as the mouth of the Shannon and at Beale, and along the estuary itself. However, I should state that due to modern coastal works and erosion, some of these weirs and antiquities have been lost for eternity, made by the hands of our Irish people. Indeed, the coastline of Carrig would have extended further, but is now lost to the Shannon River and its ancient settlements now forgotten. When I visited Carrig Island many years ago, during the course of my research in the company of two other historians, I visited the famous ruins of the old Abbey of Friary of the O'Connors of Carrigafoyle. My experience within the ruins was an atmosphere of peace and tranquility, which still surrounds its famous stony ruins. If only the stones could speak, still hold the voices of the lonely friars and the prayers they offered to the Almighty. Like the antiquarian John O'Donovan stated, the walls are in places crumbling, but still holds an air of grandeur and peace a throwback to the days of the O'Connors of Carrigafoyle. The ruin today is still surrounded by trees, a throwback to the time when the area was covered with a dense blanket of forest and the famous abbey or friary hidden and secluded. Pacata Hibernica on the day of the siege highlights the belt of trees surrounding the island, now removed and gone from the landscape only a few stumps of the trees remain, indicating the special area. Standing within the ruins, my thoughts drift back to the days of the siege in 1580, when the largest siege guns ever employed in Ireland were used, raining down their massive ordnance on the castle nearby, and the sounds of the loud cannon exploding beyond the abbey, and the whistle of the incoming cannonballs overhead, a frightening experience for anyone who were within the walls of the old abbey at time. As I leave the old historic abbey in Carrig Island, North Kerry, it's Friars Well and the tapestry of O'Connor Kerry history. I look back at the walls of this ancient abbey, a special place on the landscape of North Kerry and the wild Atlantic Way. This ruin, like others, should be preserved for future generations 
and the long-term tourism of Ballylongford. It should be noted that the area has fine guest accommodation, well worth staying a while in lovely Ballylongford. It should be noted that the Abbey is on private property, like most other hidden sites in Ireland. Permission should be sought from the landowner before entering. And like I have stated before on my shows, take nothing away from these special places but memories and pictures that will last with you forever. Please leave no trace or pick wildflowers and respect our environment. Until we meet again, Slán. Thanks for listening to our show. Through its people, its heritage and its rugged coastline, this is truly Danny Houlihan's Irish experience. Bye for now.